0: today we're gonna to break down a catastrophic blown call that cost the team a World Series title, the longest game in World Series history, and an NFL record that may never be broken. hey guys, my name is Maddie and this is in enemy territory. Before we go any further I wanted to just quickly say a little bit about myself and what the inspiration for this podcast is and and what the structure is kind of gonna be and what my goals, and what I hope the podcast turns into. Um, so yeah, like I said, my name's Maddie, and uh, I'm a diehard Pittsburgh fan. I, l- I live and breathe for my penguins, my Steelers, and my buckos. Let's go! And uh, I really wanted to just create something that I can share with my family my friends, and hopefully a greater audience that just to share the way that I internalize sports and how I how I think about it, feel about it, and hopefully it'll be entertaining and relatable, and maybe even throw a little bit of comedy in here and there, although I'm not so much the comic as I am the uh, wizard of numbers, I guess I should say, and uh, I just moved to Philadelphia, so... That should be a clue as to why I named the podcast this name of In Enemy Territory. And without further ado, let's get into it. So the way this is going to work is we're going to go through days of the year one at a time. And on each episode, we're going to focus on one day. And we're going to pick a couple of big moments, big records, big birthdays, you name it. We're going to hit on all the big moments and highlights of that day. And we'll see if maybe there's a little bit of a way that we could connect them all. And we're going to have some fun doing it. So to start us off, I picked October 26th, 1026, the day I got married, the day my second daughter was born. It's a big day for me. And when I sat down to think about what to start off with, it was really a no-brainer. And 1026 it is. So let's talk about the 1985 World Series. This was a series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals, and it went the distance. It went seven games, and it was a pretty dramatic series, a little bit back and forth with the Cardinals actually taking the first two games. Kansas City coming back into it a bit. St. Louis goes up three games to two, and they've got a chance to win the World Series in Kansas City in game six which took place on October 26, 1985. This game was actually a pretty boring game as it went into the bottom of the ninth with, with the St. Louis Cardinals up 1-0, and then this is when all craziness broke loose. Basically, Jorge Ortega, a pinch hitter, led off the bottom of the ninth, tapped a, tapped a uh, weak bouncer up the first baseline when the first baseman fielded it, Pitcher ran over to cover, and he tossed it over. Bang, bang, play. And Don Dankinger, who became infamous from this play, dramatically waves him off and says, safe. And, man, did he get that wrong. Instant replay automatically showed everyone that runner was out by at least 8, 10 inches, maybe more. And now instead of one out, nobody on. The Royals have life they've got a runner on first three outs to deal with and little do you know they rally bring two runs in win game six and then they go on to win game seven 11 nothing on a two on a two hit complete game shut up by Brett Saberhagen who who wins the series MVP and this probably to me is like one of the biggest blown calls in playoff history not just in baseball but like I can barely even think of anything as big as this. I know that the most recent one everyone will be thinking about is the Rams Saints no call pass interference with the with the Saints driving in the last 2 minutes in the NFC championship last year. So, yeah, that one's that one's that one I would say is up there. And then maybe like if you want to talk about Brett Hall's foot being in the crease in the 99 Stanley Cup to knock out the Sabres and and win in Dallas to win the Stanley Cup, then, like, yeah. Other than that, I really can't think of anything as dramatic as this blown call where, like, if they just have instant replay, St. Louis would have had that World Series in the bag. They were three outs away, one nothing lead. Get that out, and, you know, the momentum never shifts in Kansas City's favor, and this one's a done deal, so like, you know what, this actually reminds me, this is almost exactly the same play as the Armando Galarraga imperfect game, where he took a perfect game into the ninth, got the first two outs, the final out of the game, he gets the runner to bounce into, you know, an easy out to the first baseman, Miguel Cabrera, Miggy Gets the ball, throws it over to the pitcher who's covering the bag. Bang, bang. And Jim Joyce just waves him off and says, safe. And, like, everyone just looks at him like, are you freaking kidding me? Man, the look on Armando Galarraga's face was, like, everything. And I think Jim Joyce even knew it as it happened, that, like, he messed it up. Obviously, the replays pulled it up. This was also maybe four or five years before replay was was installed instituted but man it's it was almost exactly the same play and I'm glad that they have replay now because really history I wonder how many other times in history the wrong call was made and in this game the Tigers still won he still had a twenty eight, twenty eight 28 batter game almost as close to perfect as you can get so like And, you know, in the books of history, nothing changed. And I'm sure many other blown calls really did not have an impact. But in this 1985 World Series, it had the ultimate negative impact, at least for the Cardinals, I should say. The Kansas City Royals should be thanking their lucky stars that there wasn't replay yet, because thanks to this blown call, they got their first ever World Series. And they did just have to wait 30 years to get another one, but... You know, that's sports. Next, I'd like to talk about uh, another World Series, the 2018 World Series, last year's last year's championship. The Red Sox faced off against the Dodgers. And uh, the Red Sox won it in five games. They did a pretty, pretty good job of taking care of business. And uh, the one win the Dodgers did manage to pull off was October 26th. At least I should say it started on October 26th. 2018, and this would turn out to be the longest game in World Series history. 18 innings, almost seven and a half hours from the time of the first pitch till the last out was recorded, and it was it was pretty wild. Now, it would be easy to go on and on about how many different records were broken statistically in that game, the amount of players that each team went through, the amount of pitches thrown, the amount of strikeouts. I could even go on about the walk-off homer. Um, both teams scored in the thirteenth inning. You know, the the Red Sox took a one nothing lead, and then with one out left in the game and a runner on second, they overthrow the easy out at first base, and the and the tying run comes around. They ended up playing another five innings because of that. And ultimately, the Dodgers walked it off by uh, an opposite field home run by Max Muncie, the hero of that night. That would be the Dodgers' last win of the series, and of the season. Um, but really, the thing that strikes me the most about this game is it really just, for me, reinforces on a completely another level especially just being that it was the world series and not your average may june game but this was the ultimate setting red sox are up two games to none and they come away with this win and it's it's over the dodgers were fighting for their life and you show up to this game and just when you think you've seen it all Something like this happens where no one has ever seen anything like it and nothing like it may never happen again. And that's really what makes it so exciting for us as fans is the chance to see something that you've never seen before. That's really one of the big draws to it, to see just uh, a, a crazy physical feat in a circumstantial situation or scenario that that no one has ever really seen before. And it just blows my mind that something like this could happen. I mean, there was 500-and-something pitches thrown in that game. So, man, those players must have been tired. I heard, actually, like, they were, like, bringing in, like, buckets of bananas for the players to, like, get some potassium flowing in their blood. So they were just, like, cramming bananas. Like, I mean, there was two seventh-inning stretches. And, like, this, I mean, this was literally the length of two games. Now it's time for our birthday segment of the episode. This week we don't have much going on, but the, uh, the big names today would be Happy Birthday Francisco Liriano, a longtime pitcher in the MLB, two time pirate, and for the very brief glory days we had, thank you. And as well, Mika Kiprasov, a longtime Calgary Flames goaltender. He just about as good as you can get without being a hall of famer but very memorable career especially when i was growing up that was he was you know a top goaltender perennially so those are the two birthdays of the day and that is your birthday segment okay now joining us on the show is a very close friend of mine from the holy land in israel oh hi. welcome to the show
1: hey maddie how's it going it's going
0: great going great how about you
1: Uh, You know, I I don't need to be asked twice to step away from my studies and uh, (laughs) talk some Steelers football, so let's go. I'm excited. All
0: day. So uh, we're talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger today, childhood hero and still going strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, on October 26th, 2014, something very special was going on in uh, Philadelphia. That was the day of my wedding, and uh, we're... If I recall correctly, you were at your sister's wedding the same day.
1: Yep. well, that's why I wasn't at your yeah. wedding.
0: <laughs> so. I, I, it, t- it took me a couple of years, but I, I, I forgive you for it. You know, priorities, <laughs> you past priorities. It. But uh, someone came over to me at the wedding and said, dude, Ben Roethlisberger just threw six touchdowns. Steelers beat the Colts. I'm like, thank God. Wow. I can't believe it. But, uh. What happened was the next week he went ahead and threw another six touchdowns, and then it was like, wow, what is going on?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, just just to get a sense of the background of, of that time, it was, uh, we, you, we were married in 2014, yeah. right? Yeah. 2004. Okay, so it was the 2014 season with the. The soup with this two thousand and fifteen Super Bowl, um, and it was actually a pretty unremarkable season for the Steelers. I mean, they uh, they made the playoffs, right? We made the playoffs at eleven and five. Got oh, sorry about That's that. Right. Got got bumped by the Raven. Got crushed by the Ravens in the wild card round. Yeah, after. we lost like thirty to seventeen, and. And um, we were actually, since making the Super Bowl against the Packers in 2011, we, the Steelers had, had a couple of very average seasons. A couple 8-and-8s in a row, I think. Right, they were 8-and-8s, eight eight. okay. like 500 seasons and lots of questions on Tomlin or whatever. But, um, But you know, with Big Ben, at least with Big Ben, we always, the Steelers fans are kind of like, okay, we're good. Right now we'll go 10 we can go 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, make the playoffs and then see where it goes from there. With you know? Big
0: Ben, you always have you you always start the season thinking you've got a great shot to win the Super Bowl. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so that, that was it was one of those kind of seasons and actually uh, so the game against the Colts was was week uh, was week 8, the games against the Colts and All the spread. Ravens. And and the whole and the season started off very very, you know, not exciting. Um, it was kind of like win loss, win loss, win loss. Right. And then and basically Ben's six touchdown games were the
0: highlight of the season. Man, those were magical stuff right there. Yeah. He threw for five hundred plus yards against the Colts.
1: I mean, you know, the stat line against the Colts is I I haven't I haven't checked it. But I think it's one of the great. It's one of the greatest stat lines for a quarterback in any game. Yeah, and you... one of the greatest. At like six touchdowns, zero interceptions, forty for forty-nine passing, which is an eighty-one percent completion percentage. Right on. On forty-nine pass attempts. Um, one fifty passer rating, five hundred twenty-two yards.
0: That's the kind of t- that's the type of thing that happens to a quarterback like once in a career. But if I <laughs> he actually had another 500-yard game against the Packers, um, potentially even two. He's thrown for 500 yards multiple times, but the six touchdowns, he, he went ahead and duplicated it the next week. No one has done that in NFL history, 12 touchdowns between two games. That's yeah, the kind of record dumb. to me that's like, it's almost like a fluke. There were... I don't I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Just to throw six touchdowns once is like a phenomenon. A once in a career defining moment. But for it to happen twice, let alone back to back weeks, is just like that's unreal. I mean
1: I mean six touchdowns six you can have a six touchdown game. Like every great quarterback has probably had a six touchdown game. You know, like Peyton Manning once threw for like seventeen touchdowns <laughs> the in in Denver, yeah, something like
0: that. Like I think it was like seven touchdowns, right? Seven touchdowns. He and Nick Falls, I think, are the only guys to ever do it, right?
1: And um, but they did it again again against the Ravens. Oh yeah, and that was uh, and in both games zero interceptions. Right. Doesn't
0: that make it so much so, sweeter though that that was against the Ravens? Yeah,
1: and they and they also thumped us uh, in week two, so it was kind of was a kind
0: revenge of, game. Yeah, yeah.
1: Man, but that's Ben. That's that's Ben. He'll you know, some games he'll make the most. He'll have five interceptions with two touchdowns, and and then some and then he'll have a stretch of games where you know him and Antonio Brown are setting records. Right,
0: and that's kind of what how his kind of how his career has gone. You know just he's he's one of those quarterbacks that is like you could talk about peyton manning and drew Brees and tom brady and how they're these elite passers and they're they're not so unique in a sense of their style and they just get the job done and win week in and week out but like ben Roethlisberger is a is in his own yeah. category where it was more of he just had the will and the muscle and the precision to go along with it that just Consistently winning and winning and winning from the time he got into the league, month I believe thirteen and zero as a rookie, and just you know, the two the two Super Bowl wins will speak for themselves with another appearance. But that's
1: yeah. It's actually it's funny because I heard um I heard actually last week. I don't know if you heard of this. Did you hear that some Jay Glazer? He's I think he's like this this NFL right, reporter an around the league. Did he hear? He said something about Ben. No, what would he say? He said so. He said about Ben that apparently Ben's um Ben's like cause for concern about Ben Roethlisberger this off season that his workout routine involves a short session of yoga in the morning and then the rest of the day he's drinking beer and playing golf. That sounds. And, that sounds like. And a, then <laughs> they and then people started freaking out about it like oh he's not gonna be in shape he's not gonna this and he has a huge beard and he looks like a caveman and we're all like do you, do you know who ben is like nothing he does is on script like the guy right. working out is not him doing something right that other quarterbacks do that's not him like let him let him worry about himself he's not
0: i would i would say that for the last 5 years every offseason they've they've said what to... once a quarterback oh, reaches 30 years old every offseason is skepticism and is he is he over the hump does he have it And I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but I'm pretty sure that some of Ben's best statistical years, obviously not counting last year with the injury that took him in the first week, but some of his best statistical years have come in the last five years. He he threw for 5,000 yards recently, and they say that quarterbacks like this, especially Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they get better with age because they just understand the, the, the ins and the outs of the game so much better as they have the experience and like, Physically, they're still if they're if they're still there physically, they just adapt and they and they do better and better. And obviously, the the postseason success has kind of fizzled out. But the 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 mind just sharpens, and I have no doubt that whatever Ben is doing in the off season, his his main main focus is to be the best quarterback in the world and to bring the Steelers another yeah. Super Bowl. So whatever Maybe he's doing, give us, a, give us another sixer. He, you know what? With Ben, it could just yeah, happen. yeah, it
1: could happen. Like, in games that he loses, he'll throw for three hundred seventy yards. Yeah,
0: you know they've got a sick, sick defense, and if Ben shows up sober to the game, <laughs> to the games at least, you know, I think he's, I think he's earned a beer, a beer or two. Uh,
1: guy i mean actually in those in those two six touchdown games so so it's actually funny because 2014 so the patriots won the super bowl in
0: 2014
1: and it's funny to look back on that season and and that was also the emergence of antonio brown as the league's best receiver like play in play out right um it's funny first of all to look back on antonio brown in 2014 where literally everyone
0: loved him it's sad how it's, it really wasn't so long ago, but it feels like forever ago that A. B. was our, right. was our hero on a week to week basis.
1: Everyone loved him. Yeah. Everyone loved him. Not not just the Steelers fans. The whole entire league. Just yeah. you know, short guy. His route running was perfect.
0: One of the best we've you know, ever he, seen. And his hands. He came down with everything.
1: His hands. His personality. Oh, his celebrations. Um. And then he went crazy. Yeah.
0: Too many
1: hits. Yeah, uh, but the head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the page, the, we, uh, we could do a whole another episode on until Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Maybe even two. There's, there's a lot to talk
1: about. <laughs> um. So listen, the Patriots. So I was thinking, like you said, we we're gonna talk about the, the, the games then, and that was that was back in 2014. Now the Patriots have been dominating the NFL right up until, up until last season. Sure. Now. Now uh to, at in 2014, though, in that season, when Ben threw those six touchdown games, if you look at where their career stood in terms of Ben and Man- and Brady,
0: right, it wasn't they that. were
1: not so far apart because Brady did not win the Super Bowl since 2004, which was a long time and that was ten years ago, right. okay
0: Ben and, and the since then minds, Ben won twice. In the back of our minds, Ben was only one Super Bowl behind tom brady and if he could win right. one more they'd be they'd both have that status of, of right. the three pete the three the hat trick but he's won three more since then
1: yeah and then brady just yeah they so totally that's
0: out the window <laughs> with anyone they, in history
1: they totally pulled away speaking
0: of records that are unbreakable i i don't know how any quarterback with with how how even the league really has gotten. Obviously, there's a few teams that always stand out as the top, but with how great organizations are at, you know, other than like Buffalo and Cleveland, but like organizations have been really good at like coming out of long slumps and getting back in the picture and evening the playing field. I don't know how someone else is going to go ahead and win six touchdowns and and just dominate a league for 20 years the the way Tom Brady has. Big Super Bowls. But let's let's veer veer back to Big Ben and get off of Tom Brady.
1: All right. Big Ben. <laughs> Big Ben. Yeah. I mean, he put up a stinker in that wildcard game.
0: So that season was really. Uh, well, if I recall kind of correctly, like... he left he left the game for a couple uh, a couple possessions from a concussion. And his first pass, he came back. He, he threw an interception. I, I, I believe that they uh-huh. they gave him a false clear from the from the from the black room or whatever. It's called the dark room. And then he came out and he was seeing Bugs Bunny out there and he just threw a pass right to the, probably the Terrell's. Or all, or right. Something, but. all right. Well, I think it's time to wrap it up. So. Thanks so much for joining, taking the time. All right. And this, this was the 1st ever episode of an enemy territory. So, um, very honored that you were able to join. Good stuff. Good stuff and, uh, for all of those who enjoyed, they can follow the podcast. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast as well. We've got an Instagram page. It'll just be a. Uh, we don't have much content up yet, but it will definitely let, you know, when the episodes are going to be coming out and uh, follow. You could follow on Instagram uh, at IET podcast and that's all. See you next time.